0: Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go. Go land. Let's go land. Let's go Let's
1: go This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. It's apple season, and there's no better state to pick and enjoy the best of the season's harvest than right here, in places like an off-the-grid solar-powered farm called Apple Acres in the Upper Peninsula town of Houghton, or as a cider at Michigan's oldest cider mill in Dexter. At Uncle John's, you can enjoy a freshly baked donut with your cider or pick apples direct from the tree at countless other orchards all throughout the state. We take a bite of the apple as we travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, along with our co-host, Nick Nurbin. Nick, how you doing? Doing wonderful. How about yourself, Dave? Doing well, and I'm really excited about today's program because, you know, typically on Travel Michigan, we go from place to place all over the state, and we're still going to do that, but Mm -hmm. we're usually talking about a variety of subjects, a variety of uh, places to go and things to do. But today's program
2: is all about apples our most important fruit crop yeah and apples have become synonymous with fall in Michigan so many ways to enjoy apple orchards and apple products and all kinds of apples during the fall season
1: I understand our first guest
2: is uh, in the UP way up there in Houghton yes we're gonna head up to Houghton Michigan up in the Upper Peninsula to talk with Heather Wright Wendell of Apple Acres Farm and Heather you know, the Keweenaw Peninsula and Houghton Hancock are known for a lot of things, but I didn't think apples was one of them. How did you decide that that was the location to begin growing apples?
0: Well, we moved up here, actually go to Michigan Tech. So we just were fortunate that, I mean, decades ago, a lot of apple trees were planted. So we actually haven't planted any new apple trees. We're planting other fruit trees, but we have hundreds of apple trees just on our property.
1: Wow, so these are heritage apple trees then, uh, Mm -hmm. and they must have been trimmed quite well, because I know if you kind of let them go, those really old apple trees won't produce as much. So have they been managed for many years by farmers?
0: No, the land that we're on hadn't been managed for probably a few decades. It used to be grazed by cattle, and so um, a lot of the areas where we have apple trees have actually been growing in, and so we actually have um, a couple of goats that help us manage vegetation. And over the last five years, we've just been pruning and kind of clearing the understory and trying to get our apple orchard kind of back in working condition.
1: Well, that's really cool. So over a hundred year old farm, and it's, it's pretty small too, right?
0: Yep, we're only 14 acres.
1: Yeah, so with 14 acre farm, and especially using heritage trees uh, primarily, um, you're going to have, you know, so many apples that are um, able to be uh, harvested each year. Not not as much as a lot of these really big apple orchards around the state. But it sounds like you're you're doing a lot of unique things. Tell us about some of the, the cool things you're doing, uh, kind of an off-the-grid farm experience.
0: Yeah, so we are a small-scale farm. Uh, we are also a regenerative farm, so that means that we, you know, we don't use any... Um, chemicals or pesticides or those sorts of things. We focus on, um, you know, basically building healthy topsoil. So that helps us with all of our different crops. And apples is one of the things we do. We also do maple syrup in the spring. We have honeybees. So we have honey. Um, We have, you know, our vegetable garden. So we do a small CSA. So apples, you know, we do have Um, A lot of different varieties of apples, and we don't even know specifically which types we have, but we have some that are, you know, good eating kind of summer apples, some that make great applesauce. Uh, We do apple cider vinegar. In about a week or two, we're going to do our big fall press and so you know we don't harvest the cider apples until really the first of october um you know so we have in the fall we're busy harvesting all different types of apples for different purposes so we make a lot of you know apple chips and we do fruit leathers with them Um, so we really try and use them as best we can but we also harvest some that aren't maybe as good for eating for the app or for the animals so in the winter, you know, we basically have boxes of apples that we give our goats and our chickens.
2: Well, it's such a very diverse fruit, many different things that can be done with apples. And uh, sustainability is something that travelers all over the world are paying more attention to these days. And I did notice in our notes here that you, we offer seasonal farm stays. and know we're coming toward the end of the season there now, but that must be a neat experience to spend uh, some time there on the farm.
0: Yeah, so we get a lot of people who come to the farm for different reasons. So we are 100% um, powered by solar. So some people want to experience what it's like to live off grid. Uh, We get people who are interested in connecting more with their food. So maybe they've bought some land. Maybe they just are, you know, want to have more ownership of you know the food they're eating, and so they just want to see a a working kind of small scale, where you know a manageable scale farm. And so we get some people who just also, you know, maybe live in a city and just kind of want to get away from it all and hang out with chickens and goats.
1: How late into the season do you allow people to uh, stay at your farm?
0: So because we are off-grid, we do the farm stay basically when we have surplus of energy. So, you know, as we get into the fall, we get these cloudier days. So really we go through um, October. Um, so we usually start in late April and then go through it, it varies year to year, but usually um, towards the end of October is when we do our last.
1: Well, guess. It, it just sounds like a really cool place. Uh, I see that uh, you're a, you have a PhD in environmental engineering, um, and then you mentioned all these these really cool um, kind of back to nature type experiences. You have uh, bees there. I just think this seems like a, a neat place. Now, you, you you don't you're not a production farm. But I understand you do provide some uh, product um, when you can to community-supported agriculture programs. So it just seems like a really cool place. I'd love to stay there myself, uh, and uh, it just seems like a cool thing that people should check into. Here's the website if you'd like to find out more about this really neat place called Apple Acres Farm up in Houghton. The website is Appleacres.farm. And uh, think about that, staying in this really old farm, uh, kind of you know, getting off the grid. I just love the idea. Our thanks to Heather Wright Wendell for being with us today. And, of course, this program is all about apples this week. And uh, we're a big producer of apples. We get to tell you about that a little bit more as the program goes on. We're going to talk about cider next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. travel michigan i'm dave lorenz along with nick nurbin from pure michigan and we're taking a bite of the apple on today's travel michigan radio program and i love the fact that amanda munson who is our producer she's she's found some really cool guests for today's program and we're going to head to the ann arbor area next to uh, talk to some folks from what sounds like a really neat cider mill
2: yeah just outside of ann arbor is the community of dexter And Nancy Steinhauer from the Dexter Cider Mill joins us next. And Nancy, this cider mill, Dexter Cider Mill, has been in operation for well over a hundred years and uh, has established quite a tradition there. And talk about what it means to have a historic farm like that producing apples and cider and what that means to the community.
3: Hi, well, we hope we bring um, some activity. Dexter is a thriving small town and we just hope that we're adding to that during the three months of the year that we are open.
1: So it, it was opened in, let's see, it looks like it was 1886, family Correct. owned and operated. Since then, not necessarily in your family, right? But, uh, but not a big uh, production house at all?
3: No, not at all. So it was started in 1886 by a gentleman of the last name of Van Adder. And he was a Civil War veteran and um, built the mill for farmers to bring their apples to, to have them pressed.
1: What, what do you know about, so that, I'm so, I'm sorry, Nancy, what do you know about, you know, the history of that area? Was it a big agriculture area, relatively big very community? Very
3: much so. Yeah. Very much so. And now it is, you know, Dexter's expanding and it's getting closer to Ann Albert. So even the 37 years I've been with the cider mill, we've seen big changes just with housing developments and you know more um, retail opportunity and restaurants and whatnot so it's a thriving fun town
2: well but i think one thing that has not changed though is the the tradition of making cider and that that's one thing i'm really interested in is that tradition you know I, i looked at your website and one of the notes was about the the traditional oak press and that kind of thing the process itself has remained much the same for 150 plus years hasn't it Absolutely,
3: yes. It's been, again, about 137 years in operation, and we are using a press that's about 100 years old. Wow. So it is a lot of maintenance. It would be easier for us to get a different type of press, but um, we love what this produces. It's a piece of history that we could never get back if we decided to do, you know, more modern press. But We have made modifications in the system to bring it up to time, that keep the um, the feel and the tradition of the original press. Do
1: you do you know when it was first opened? Was it a cidery way back then, or was it a just a, a farm, um, you know, producing apples? No,
3: it it was. So there is no, there is not one apple tree at our cider mill. So this was strictly built for manufacturing. Hmm. I don't have, <clears throat> I don't have all the history, but I know that they did um, originally can, canning for the University of Michigan. Ooh. We still have a couple of their um, pieces of equipment, believe it or not, for the canning operation. Um, whether it was applesauce or, you know, cider, I'm not sure it'd be cider, but to, at some capacity, way back then. Um. When the Wagner's owned it, the second family, they did a lot of canning for um, uh, the University of Michigan.
1: Well, well, your voice sounds like mine after I talk way too much, and it sounds like you've you've either had some groups out there or um, or you've been talking a lot for other reasons. Do, do you offer groups uh, to visit the uh, the cidery?
3: We 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 don't do anything organized. So that means. So that let me explain a little bit on that. We used two years ago. When we were smaller, when just my dad and I could kick a chair back next to the building and kind of, oh, here comes a customer. We could do school tours and whatnot. So we would have second-grade classes come in. My dad would explain the operation to them. I Actually, my degree is in education, so that was a fun way to put that to use. Um, But we no longer do that. Most of our pressing is done early in the morning before – my husband and sons go on to their daytime jobs and we're just so busy we don't have the opportunity to press like that during the week. That being said, the press is open on the weekend. People are more than welcome to come and see the operation. We encourage it. We did close it down very during COVID but we're back up and open to the public now.
2: Well one of my favorite things to pair with fresh Michigan-made fresh. cider are donuts and I know that you probably offer some of those and is there a general hours that you, you recommend for folks? Do they come on the weekends? And then in what time of, uh, of day do you guys bake the donuts or when are they available? Those kinds of things. How do I experience that wonderful pairing there at, at Dexter Cider Mill?
3: All right. We are open Wednesday through Sunday from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. We have plain and cinnamon sugar donuts that we fry mm-hmm. continuously, continuously throughout the day.
1: See, this is why I can't lose weight, because <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I meet you folks, and then you, you lure us in.
3: Yeah, our donuts have a great following. My mom has worked hard, and I'm trying to continue on with that tradition. Speaking of parents, can I just throw out that yeah. my 87-year-old parents, who were the third owners of the cider mill, still work about four hours every day that we're wow. open. My mom is in the bakery, and my dad's up helping me with apples.
1: Well, yes. Squeeze an apple every day, keep the doctor away. I guess yeah, Ooh, that's, that's right. the way it is. Hey, right. So, so what is that process like to make cider?
3: So we, um, as I said earlier, we don't have any apples at our or apple trees at our cider mill. So we buy all of our apples from a large grower on the west side of the state. So they come in about in the middle of the night. The apples arrive. Um, they're in big twenty bushel boxes. We break those down into actual bushels, and we blend our cider. So throughout the season, we'll have about 30 varieties of apples, and in every press, which contains about 40 bushels of apples, we'll use three to five varieties in that one press. Hmm. Wow. So the apples come in the bins. We break them down to bushels. They, when we're ready to press, they go through a washer, a grinder. Then they go um, down a chute, so when the cider mill was built, they used gravity to their advantage, so our grinder is on the top level of the cider mill, and it drops down to the lower level, um, and then we put, it, we put it on our rack and cloth system. Hmm. We do that 10 times with four bushels. We roll it under the um, press, and we press out about 120 gallons of cider each time we press.
1: Wow. Hmm. Wow, and then your uh, your you're, uh, are you bottling it to go to retail or do people all purchase it there at your cider mill?
3: We are only at our cider mill because we don't pasteurize; therefore, oh, um, yeah. we cannot wholesale.
1: Yeah, we yeah. better we better tell people where you are because I know people are going to want to get to Dexter Cider Mill.
3: We are at three six eight five Central Street, um, a few blocks out of town, so very walkable. Mm-hmm. It's a good walk. Um, We have a parking lot that's a little small, but great street parking, and the city works with us. People are accommodating on the road that we're on, and 99% of the time, everybody's cordial and works with our – we are a very small cider mill in the cider mill spectrum in the state of Michigan, but we have a great time. We have fun. We have good products. We like what we do, so we make it enjoyable for everybody.
1: Well, they say if you, if you like what you do, you'll never work a day, so that's, that's a great right. thing. So where, right. do you, where do you see the, the mill going in the future? Do you think it'll stay in the family?
3: Well, we, are, we have three sons married to wonderful women, women, and we hope that this will stay in the family. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, we'll find time to do other things but um it would be lovely if we could continue on and you know marty and i can step back and marty be my husband and play the roles that my parents are playing in it
1: that sounds idyllic uh, i can't wait to check it out myself the dexter cider mill just outside of downtown for more information on uh, michigan's oldest running cider mill go to this website dextercidermill.com and our thanks to nancy steinhauer for being with us today. I love the fact that we're talking all about apples and apple cider and, and all that. And you know, not too far away from our office, Nick, is St. John's. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you've been either to Uncle John's Cider Mill or around it. I've driven by it a million times, so I can't wait to find out about it next. Right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan, and we're talking about uh, the most important fruit crop for Michigan. Nick, I know we're going to be talking to a representative from the Apple Committee uh, Mm -hmm. later on, but um, before we get to her, I I can just tell you right now, apples are our most important agricultural product. I know that. I mean, I don't know how many Gazillions of dollars that comes out of uh, apple production, but it's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of tax revenue It's a lot of money um, It's all apples and that's why it's kind of fun to talk about apples in Michigan on this week's program
2: yeah, Michigan is one of the most diverse agricultural states in the country with more than 200 commercial products produced each year and apples are such a unique product because it is one of the many but that allow folks to come visit the producers of the products. And uh, let's head next over to St. John's, where a familiar name to many folks who live in Michigan, Uncle John's Cider Mill. We'll talk to Mike Beck from Uncle John's. And Mike, speaking of that agritourism aspect of your business, how many people visit each year to Uncle John's to experience the cider and the apples and everything that goes with it?
4: Around 250,000 visitors in our short little season, which is Memorial Day, through uh, Christmas Eve.
1: Well it, well, first off, I'm surprised by the number, but secondarily, I am really surprised about the uh, number of days that you're open because I was thinking for an operation like yours that you would only be open in the fall season. So uh, how do you how do you stay open all that other time of the year?
4: Well, we have lots of fun stuff to do here on the farm, uh, you know, all season long. There, we have a bakery and gift shop, you know, that starts in the spring. And uh, and then uh, right on through summer, we have things like a kid's playground open and uh, our tap room as well. So we have uh, hard cider spirits and wine and mead. And uh, so there's usually uh, in, in the summertime, there's usually one night a week we have some sort of uh entertainment as well to go along with uh uh cider and food trucks and and things like that so uh so yeah we can uh we've diversified enough to be be open spring through at least somewhere between at least thanksgiving and christmas
1: Eve. Well, you're not too far away from uh, Michigan State University, so something tells me you get a lot of those uh, MSU students and families uh, swinging into um, Uncle John's, and so there's probably a lot of uh, green and white uh, around there. Uh, and um, there's, there's also, as you mentioned, a lot more than cider at Uncle John's. Do you actually have a farm, a field, where people can go out there and pick apples, or are you purely a production house?
4: Um, no, well, we, we are an, an agricultural property. Uh, we do grow apples, about 80 acres of apples. We also grow about 40 acres of pumpkins. And then we grow another about 10 acres of uh, sunflowers uh, solely for the use of cut flowers, uh, So, uh, uh, which is another summertime activity. So, yes, uh, lots of ag activity here. However, we don't do you-pick apples. Uh, That's a kind of a a, a problem with getting insurance, but we do have you pick pumpkins. Um, But you can watch us make the cider right here on the farm in our Hundred and fifty year old barn.
2: Well, you know, I grew up in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, just down the road from St. John's, and well, that was one of the things that we always did uh, go heading down to. You Mm -hmm. mentioned Michigan State Day; we'd go down to East Lansing for at least one football game each year, and it was always a stop for us to grab some cider on our way through. And getting back, Mike, to that agricultural agritourism aspect of your business, you know, I think it is a tradition for a lot of folks, but I think in the past. 10 to 20 years or so that tradition of bringing the family out to the cider mill has really grown hasn't it
4: oh definitely yes uh we keep expanding little corners of our uh business to keep the families interested like a tractor park Mm -hmm. wagon rides train rides uh we opened up another second entertainment uh venue so another band can play while uh we can have two bands playing at the same time uh so uh uh, on those busy fall weekends, uh, there's just entertainment over about 300 acres of uh, mm. of uh, farm.
1: Well, Mike, um, we were talking to some folks from Dexter earlier on the program, and they were telling us how they use a uh, press that I think it sounded like it was like 100 years old or so for the production of, of their cider. Do you use more modern equipment in uh, cider production?
4: Yes, uh our press is very modern. Uh, we used to run a very old press uh, for a long time, but it could just not keep up with the big crowds that started coming, so we put in a press that can press close to 500 gallons an hour and uh uh but it's still housed in a very old barn. <laughs> yeah. So, uh but uh yeah, we we take real pride on our uh on our clean and very new pretty press.
1: Yeah, that that sounds Uh, Well, it sounds like with all that uh, activity you get there, you have to have a production facility that can really pump out that uh, cider. Do you offer it for uh, retail as well, or are all the uh, purchases made there?
4: Uh, The only place you can purchase our fresh cider is right here on the farm. Hard cider is a different story. You should be able to find those uh, all throughout the state of Michigan and some other states beyond michigan even
2: yeah and that's what i wanted to ask about you next mike is i know hard cider as a category has grown significantly it's a great alternative to craft beer and it also is interesting to folks who like wine it just has that kind of flavor of michigan with the hard cider but a great beverage to enjoy any time of year
4: oh yes it's it, it, and it, and that's one of the things that keeps us busy in the off season there's plenty of work to do in the hard cider business uh so uh but, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to add value to apples, and uh, people have a great time with it, and uh, it's uh, it helps make for a fun day out on the farm, too.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I've always wondered, I'm a big fan of Honeycrisp apples. I just love them. They're crisp. They're sweet. Uh, I, I really do. I, I really love Honeycrisp. Is that the type of apple you use in the production to kind of get that really sweet taste, or or do you not need something like that?
4: Actually, uh, I I don't. There is a lot sweeter apples out there than Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp does have this unusual crunch, uh, or or very unique, I should say, uh, crunch. There's no apple that that, that crunches like Honeycrisp. So so it kind of fools someone's mouth that they're not actually that sweet. I very rarely use them in either hard cider production or sweet cider production uh, because they're when the juice is just not all that flavorful.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Ooh. So so what do you use? Uh
4: it's slightly a proprietary proprietary blend, but it's uh it's a big blend of as many apples as we can get of sweet and tart varieties. Um, things like Northern Spies, Jonathan's, Jonathan Gold's, Ida Red's, Golden Delicious, uh, Macintosh, Cortlands, Empires, uh, just to name a few. Wow.
1: And, and is, is the, um, you know, that, that selection or or that variety of apples, is that always the same type of variety you use, or is it more in the production process that creates that flavor?
4: Well, it's more it's more about what's available that time of year. So this time of year, I've only got about six apples to work with. The cider's still great, but the best cider comes later in the fall. When all the varieties are in, we tend to use about 12 to 14 varieties, and uh, that's when we also start making the best hard ciders because uh, you get just better balance and more complex, interesting flavors the more varieties you add.
2: Well, we can't forget to mention the pumpkins because that's the one thing, you are driving along 127 down there, you you can't miss all the pumpkins out there. That's probably a big part of the business uh, in October as well.
4: Yes yes, we have close to forty acres of pumpkins uh that we grow a year and uh it's uh it's a it's a lot of fun for people. We have a nice decorated field with lots of cutouts in it and uh, we also grow more than just your standard orange variety pumpkin. There's a lot of people that are really into fall decorating mm-hmm. so we've uh made the commitment to do some of the flat so pumpkins that are that are designed for are grown for stacking uh as high as you can and uh and other other unique pumpkins like yellow ones and warded ones and other, you know, really weird uh hmm. pumpkins.
1: That sounds like so much fun. How late into the season do you typically produce fresh uh, apple cider?
4: Uh right up until uh we're uh we close, uh right near uh uh Thanksgiving slash Christmas.
1: Wow. Well, it just sounds like a a great experience to uh, check out Uncle John's Cider Mill. It's right on 127, right, as uh, Nick was Mm -hmm. just saying, uh, in St. John's and not too far away from Lansing. So whether, I suppose, whether you go to Michigan State or Central, uh, both places would be really close to Uncle John's and certainly well worth the drive on a beautiful fall day to check it out. So here's the website to find out more. It is ujcidermill.com uj as in Uncle John's cidermill.com our thanks to Mike Beck for being with us today and we have been talking all about apples on today's program we're going to talk to the folks from the Michigan Apple Committee next here on Travel Michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org travel michigan i'm dave lorenz along with nick nurbin from pure michigan and we are talking apples nick and i've really enjoyed um kind of hearing this the difference between a you know a big production house like uncle john's mm-hmm. and then that that historical uh, really traditional way of uh, pressing apples from the dexter mm-hmm. cider folks and then of course that really unique uh apple farm way up in houghton how neat but i know we have So many different types of farms and you pick operations and so many ways in places that you can experience and pick up Michigan apples all over the state.
2: Yeah, as we discussed, Michigan apples are one of the state's most important agricultural crops and such a tradition of going out and enjoying the apples at the apple producing farms and cider mills and next we're going to talk with diane smith executive director of the michigan apple committee to learn more about how important apples are to michigan's economy and agricultural economy and diane i just want to discuss first of all michigan is one of the top apple producing states in the country where exactly does michigan rank nationally for apple production and how does that translate to like the number of apples each year
5: Michigan ranks second in the nation in apple production. This is our second year in a row being second. Uh, We do tend to flip-flop back and forth with New York on that number, but um, we've had two really large crops, one after another these past two years. Uh, This year, we're expecting about 32 million bushels of apples. Wow. Uh, That's a lot of apples.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. How did we end up in that position? I would think that apples would be something that that most states would grow if they have the climate for it. Uh, Is is that the answer, that we just have the perfect climate for apples?
5: We really do. Michigan is so unique with our climate, you know, down to the soil. Um, We do have a big part of our production that is over on the west side of the state, of course, uh, and north of the Grand Rapids area, what's known as the ridge. And um, it's just kind of the perfect, you know, place for um, apples and crops to grow. It's elevated. It's, you know, above the shoreline, but we also have um, the great soil. And when we have the great lakes that kind of temper the temperature and the weather for us. So um, it's just kind of a perfect area uh, to produce apples.
1: So it's estimated that we will produce 32 million bushels of apples this year. Um, what is... The, either the favorite type of apple or some of the top apples uh, for sales here in this area?
5: So we have some great different varieties. That's one thing about Michigan. We grow a variety that's going to appeal to everybody. And so um, I would say the number one talked about would be Honeycrisp. Uh we all, you know, everybody loves Honeycrisp. I do. Um <laughs> and <laughs> it's a great apple. Yeah. And um but there's some other great apples that are grown here in Michigan. We have the Gala apple of course and Fujis which are, you know, kind of normal staples now, but we also have a newer variety called the Evercrisp. And uh that's a great variety and it's a cross actually between a Fuji and a Honeycrisp. So it kind of gets the best of both of those varieties in one apple.
2: Well, and it makes sense that as growers continue to experiment and they create new varieties, they find which ones sell very well. I know the Honeycrisp has been very popular. One thing I'm a little bit curious about Diane is there are so many commercial uses for Michigan apples. Like I know in other types of products like cherries and blueberries, Michigan is also very strong in selling those to like major producers of other food products like for example are there apple pop tarts that apples come from Michigan do you have an example or two or three of how Michigan apples are used in familiar products that our audience might be familiar with?
5: Oh for sure yeah, 50% of our crop is fresh so the other 50% of the crop is going into processed products. Um, the go-go squeeze applesauce po- um, pouches that you mm-hmm. um, get for your kids, those are Michigan apples. Um, you know, apple juice you can find just about anywhere uh, is pretty much going to be in Michigan. Um, you know, the apple slices at McDonald's mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, those are actually produced right here in Michigan as well. So. Yeah. Uh, There's lots of opportunities to get Michigan apples um, in a lot of different products.
1: Well, and you can find uh, on the packaging quite often, it'll say uh, grown in Michigan or made in Michigan or something Mm -hmm. like that. Sometimes it says pure Michigan, which Mm -hmm. I really love. It's Mm -hmm. a really cool thing. Um, So you'll look for that. How many states do you sell Michigan apples in?
5: We currently are in about 32 different states. Um, and we also export Michigan apples. Uh, the largest markets for us right now are the Central America and Caribbean markets. Huh. Uh, mm. But we've sent uh, Michigan apples all the way to Southeast Asia, um, you know, China, everywhere. We've, uh, we export, we have a pretty good export program.
1: Well, the Uncle John's uh, folks were telling us that uh, they don't have U pick operation there uh, anymore. Uh, do we still have U pick operations? I know it was a very popular thing. I, I thought it was still popular.
5: It is. It is. Uh, we do have quite a few operations that still do U pick. Um, And especially in times when uh, labor is, you know, when they don't have all the labor they can get, having that you pick option is a really, you know, it's a lifesaver for some of these orchards.
1: Yeah. How, How else can people get into the orchards or... Um, you know, get a better understanding of how apples are produced and grown and such. Are there educational opportunities or are we talking about, um, you know, visiting the the cider mills and the apple orchards uh, at, for retail operations?
5: I would say definitely visiting those farm markets and cider mills. We have over 200 in the state, so You're bound to be near one no matter where you are in the state, wherever you're visiting. Um, I would also say there's a lot of great festivals and events that happen in our state that feature Michigan apples. And um, a lot of those are in the fall. And it's another great opportunity to get out there and learn more about, you know, the largest and most valuable fruit crop in the state.
1: Yeah. Any idea how apples originated here in Michigan? We hear about, you know, Johnny Appleseed, for instance. Uh, I don't know if any of that's actually true or if it's just a a, a wives' tale of some sort. Um, um, How did that start here?
5: Of course it's true. (laughs) I would hope to to think um, it is. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Apples have been grown here. You know, it's, it's definitely it was you know, a native crop in the U.S., but also brought over, of course, from, you know, uh, people that settled here from England, and of course, we had a huge influence from the French, um, which continued to grow a large amount of apples as well. So um, definitely was brought over in large quantities, but um, definitely was native also.
2: Yeah, and I, I lived up in the Traverse City area for almost 20 years, and up there, there are several folks who are making hard cider, and that has been an area that has really helped the apple industry grow in Michigan, hasn't it?
5: It really has. They use um a lot of different varieties that maybe wouldn't necessarily have a home in, you know, no, in, you know, conventional mo- methods like a fresh Quality or anything, so they can use different varieties to kind of get their blends. And um, the hard cider up, you know, operations here in our state, they produce some
1: pretty uh,
5: delicious hard ciders. They do, um, and award-winning, uh, internationally award-winning ones.
1: Well, I was just looking through some of the varieties um, that Michigan produces. You mentioned Honeycrisp, Fuji. I think you mentioned, is it Gala or Gala? you mentioned that. Gala. Gala. Yeah. Ever crisp. But here are two I've never heard of before. Crisp, a Crips Pink, Crips Pink, and Ambrosia. Uh, interesting, different.
5: They are different. This is a newer variety for our state as well, and it's super, it's just a great apple. And Crisp Pink, you might also recognize um, under its, uh, you know, formal name of Pink Lady. So um, it's, it's, has two different kind of strains that go out or around and crisp pink is one of
1: those well i can't wait to get back on the farm uh i i have a a honey crisp bag of apples waiting for me at home so i'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to that too hey thank you diane smith executive director of the michigan apple committee for being with us today nick thanks for the time it's been Fun talking about uh, apples and apple places uh, all throughout the state of Michigan. To find more information, go to michiganapples.com. And we'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go
2: traveling. Let's go traveling.
0: Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go